0: Hello and welcome to the Renovation Church podcast where our vision is to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and change the world. My name is Mason Smith and I'm the creative director here at Renovation Church. We are so thankful that you're joining this podcast today. We hope that today's message inspires you and draws you closer in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now enjoy the message.
1: Good morning, church. Welcome to Student Takeover Sunday. My name is Lyman Johnson, and I'm the family pastor here at Renovation. Today, we're going to be wrapping up our series called Influencers. And this sermon series has truly impacted my life. It's given me the opportunity to look back and all the people I influenced invested in me personally, but also it's challenged me to look at myself and ask the simple question, who am I influencing? And this week, we're going to be taking a look at Paul and Timothy's relationship it's completely different than the rest of the series we looked at. The first week, we took a look at Naomi and Ruth, and how Naomi influenced Ruth because she was her mother-in-law. Then the second week, we took a look at Elijah, and how God called him to find the next great prophet, and that's where you see Elijah. And last week, Pastor Scott brought this phenomenal message about passing the torch of leadership from Moses to Joshua. And what makes Paul and Timothy so different is because God never called Timothy, I mean, Paul, to invest in Timothy. They were, they were not related, but Paul saw someone verse, worth investing in. And what was happening, you see, Paul was living out what David said in Psalms 145:4. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father God. As we dive into your word this morning, God, I pray that we just make much of you. I pray that you'll move, move in my life and move in these people's lives. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us, convict us, encourage us to keep moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. This is something that you and I are called to do. If you are a follower of Christ, we are called to invest in the next generation. The reality is, though, if we fail to act what God's called us to do, this world will invest and influence in this generation. And that is why we must step up and do what God has commanded us to do. It's just not the pastors or the people that send people, uh, us sending them to camp. This should be personal. This should be you and I linking arms and investing in the next generation. But when when we go into a calling, there's some highs and there's some lows. I love student ministry. Student ministry is the most fun in church. I love it. I get to call this ministry. I get to call taking gentlemen to Buffalo Wild Wings and making the meat blazing wings and watching them suffer and I get to call it ministry. For the glory of the Lord, amen to that. But then the cool, it just doesn't stop there. I could say, hey, students, come hang out with us at six o'clock on Wednesday nights. We're having an ice cream eating contest. And little did they know, it's not really ice cream they're eating, it's frozen mayonnaise they're eating. That's ministry, for the glory of the Lord, all right? So what, then it goes on to, and I love, I love taking kids to camp. I love taking them to conferences and seeing how the Lord moves in their life. It's truly a blessing. But on the other hand, though, student ministry can be the most heartbreaking ministry inside the church. It's years of influencing and investing in the student and knowing 67% of students will leave the church after high school. It is knowing that, Anxiety and depression rates increase every single year. That's heartbreaking. That's why we must step up and invest in this next generation. Because it takes an investment from a follower of Christ to point a student to Christ. My prayer this morning as we dive into Paul and Timothy's relationship is we can see why and how to invest in the next generation. First it takes a personal investment, personal investment. When we find something great and we enjoy, we want to share it with others. London and I celebrated our six-year anniversary a few weeks ago. It's big, big time. And what we decided to do, we said, let's go down to Kansas City, this really nice Italian restaurant. And let me tell you, this thing was incredible. From walking in the doors, the host was amazing. Then the, the host delivered us to the waiter, and he had us cracking up laughing. But the food was to die for. And what I started noticing, I came back the next morning here at Renovation. I started telling many of you, hey, you should go check this place out because what I experience, I want you to experience also. All right, so what Paul was doing, Paul had the same thing. He had a personal investment when he came to Jesus because he had a first encounter with Jesus. And we see this in Acts 9. We see this amazing story of Saul to Paul's conversion. And it's amazing. So let's dive into Acts 9, 1 and 2. Now Saul was still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord. Every breath he took, every breath he took was all about persecution of God's people. He lived, breathed, and slept persecution. It's like you going on a long run or push mowing your lawn mid-July. And you're just dying of thirst. Then you take that water bottle, you smash that water bottle, and your thirst is not quenched. That's Paul with persecution. Saul hated the church so much that every breath he breathed focused on God's, hating God's people. It goes on to say in Acts 9, He went to the high priest and requested a letter from him to the synagogues in Damascus, so that he found any men or women who belonged to the way he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. He's wanting to find more and more followers of Christ and take them out. So he leaves on this journey to Damascus. And his life becomes radically changed. First he becomes blind. Then he hears a voice calling out to him. And it's Jesus' voice. He says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is where Paul's life was forever changed. You see Acts 9, this someone who's completely dead in sin to live in Christ. It goes on to, down to verse 13. He says, Lord, and I shouted, answered, I've heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority here from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to make my name take my name to the Gentiles, kings, and the Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. With just one experience with Jesus, Saul went from forever going to Paul, he went from being dead to sin to alive in Christ. He went from being a persecution to the church to advancement and growing the church with just one encounter. When you become found, your life mission becomes defined. When you become found, your life mission becomes defined. If you read the, the entire New Testament and you see Paul's letters to different churches, what he's really doing, he's just sharing his experiences with Jesus. He's just inviting churches to grow in that. He's inviting people to come, hey, I've had this amazing experience with Jesus. I want you to encounter it. He was personally invested in others' life because what he had experienced firsthand. Sometimes, if I can be honest with you, sometimes I doubt my story really matters. And maybe you can relate with me with that. Sometimes I doubt that how I came to know Jesus really matters and it could really impact someone else's life. But that is a lie. Hear what Revelation 12, 11 says. They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, the word of their story. For they not love their lives to the point of death. Brothers and sisters in Christ, your story matters. And sharing your story matters because it's a part of advancing God's kingdom. And you can be a part of it, and I challenge you to be a part of it. Your story is so important because what you have gone through in your past just might be what someone's going through in their present. What you have gone through in your past just might be what someone's going through in their present. The pain that you felt years before might be the same pain someone's feeling right now. And when you share your story with someone, say, hey, I came to Jesus and this is what I experienced. And when they say, oh, I'm not alone in my suffering, there's hope for them. And they get to see, hey, Jesus went with me in this season. I'm not saying your season's gonna get better, but you realize you're not alone in your season. That is hope. And one of them, when you make a personal investment, you have to make a decision. You can say, hey, I'm willing to make a long-term investment in you because I've been in your shoes and I'm willing to walk with you in this. So this personal investment then becomes a long-term investment. Investing in others, investing is when you sacrifice something to get something later. When we make a long-term investment in someone's life, it means that we might have to give up something in our life to invest in someone else's. Long-term investments always require present sacrifice. Let's go back to look at Paul and Timothy's relationship. We don't know much of the history of Paul and Timothy's relationship, but what we do know is they met 20 years prior to writing 2 Timothy on a mission trip. And for 20 years, Paul was investing into Timothy. This relationship was not surface level by any means. Paul loved Timothy. Listen to what he says in 2 Timothy 1, 3-5. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers, night and day, remembering your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that I first lived in your grandmother's Lois and your mother Ewan's. Now I'm convinced it's in you also. That does not sound like a surface level relationship, but a relationship that's built over time. Now I am the product of this relationship. When my dad died, he committed suicide when I was in third grade. And what happened was, obviously I didn't have a father. But I had men inside my church that said, hey this punk kid named Lyman Johnson, he's worth investing in. And they didn't know how it would turn out they didn't know if even if I would ever come to know Jesus. But they said it was worth investing in him and pointing him to Jesus. But for 20 years, they're still investing in me. I'm grateful for these men. And you don't have to wait when you're older to do this. But students, you're called to invest also. First Timothy 4.12 says, don't let anyone despise your youth, but set example for believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. College students, how you live your life matters because high school students wanna be just like you. High school students, how you live your life matters because middle school students want to be just like you. Parents, how you live your life matters because your children are looking at you and wanna be just like you. And when we live a life with purity, Faith, and how you love each other. People will notice. But now we get to talk about my favorite part. My favorite part. Return on investment, the good stuff. The return on investment. 2 Timothy 2 tells us, What you have heard from me in my presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul is getting to the end of his life here, and he's about to be killed. So he gives one final charge to Timothy. He says, what you see me do with men, I want you to do now with others. He's charging to go. Then he goes into 2 Timothy 4, 5. But as for you, exercise self-control in everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelists and fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. If you want to know what a return on investment looks like, is when you poured out your life on the next generation to a certain person. And he challenged him, he charged him, hey, go do it now, and you watched him walk into it. That's your return on investment. Timothy was able to do the ministry because he watched Paul for 20 years how to do ministry and followed him. And Paul had this very simple, effective discipleship method. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, one. If you want to be an influence for Christ, Then follow Christ when no one's looking, that's integrity. Integrity is how you live your life when no one's looking. So the ultimate question is then, is your life worth intimidating? If someone started to imitate your life, would they ultimately find their way to Jesus? If someone started following your marriage or how you treated your coworkers or how you were at work or in classrooms or in school, would they ultimately find their way to Jesus? Now I want to give you practical steps today to start today in influencing and investing in someone else for Christ. You can join us in Renovation Kids right now. Right now when we're talking, your your kids are hearing the name of Jesus. And throughout the week, they are getting prayed over and you can be a part of it. Parents, you are the biggest influence in your kid's life. So use your influence to point them to Jesus. Start a family devotion with them. We would love to guide you and how that looks like. And Version Bible app has many devotions you can lead your family in. And when you read your Bible and they see you read your Bible, say, hey, will you join me in reading my Bible? I want to teach you what it looks like to read your Bible. And teach them how to live a life full of, full of integrity because it will change their life. Married couples. Married couples. Come alongside newlyweds and show them how to love their spouse as Christ loves the church. Or you can be a Paul to invest in Timothy. You can join us on Wednesdays at Renovation Students. Some of my favorite student leaders when I was a student were parents of other students investing in me. I enjoyed them. And you could be a part of it. Students, you can have a huge influence in your school by just doing life with people. And ultimately, while you're doing life with them, pointing them to Jesus. You can start reading your Bible or starting a Bible study at your school or a prayer group in your school. You commit to be praying for each other and reading the Bible with each other. And I just want to challenge you this morning to share what the Lord is doing in your life with the people around you. Invest, influence, and invite them to King Jesus. Let's pray.
0: Thank you for listening to the Renovation Church Podcast. If you'd like to support Renovation in our ministries, then head over to renovatethecity.com. It's because of your faithful and consistent generosity that we're able to continue ministries like this all across the world. If you'd like to learn more about Renovation in our ministries, then head over to renovatethecity.com. If you enjoyed today's message, then we'd encourage you to share it with family and friends. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless.